to the cross. You know, uh, when we think about what was that like that day? You know, there were three men brought together that day that were sentenced to death, Jesus being one of them. What was the mood like in Jerusalem that day? I don't know. Uh, I've often wondered, you know, was it, was it like a festival-type mood? I, I'm not sure. And not for everybody, obviously, because Jesus did have a few followers that were faithful and followed him. And so it wasn't that way for everybody. But I, I, it, it seems like it seems like there, there must have been, a, you know, kind of a pushing ahead. Uh, obviously, the the the. Um, so the prisoner that was sentenced was first scourged and, and, um, and then he carried his cross. Well, Jesus didn't make it all that far and they got, they got uh, uh, the African to, to pick up the cross and carry it the rest of the way. And so he was already, he was already in a weak state, we could say. Um, <clears throat> Well, the Romans used it. It was it was sort of their, uh, in a sense, it was their most cruel way of getting rid of a of a person that they didn't want, um, and maybe that idea of of taking that uh, person that was sentenced to death through the streets was a way of of showing everybody else, okay, you you transgress, you steal, you you kill, whatever. Uh, here you go. This is this is your end. Um, and so maybe they, maybe that was part of their reason um, to let let the prisoner carry his cross. But at any rate, it took that. In, in many cases, people uh, those, those people on the cross often hung there for a couple of days. Um, it wasn't like a quick death. They often were there for for a while. Um, <clears throat> And so, as they just slowly, little by little, got weaker and weaker and finally expired. But there was one thing that was different than what happened when Jesus died. In John 19, verse 30, he says, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So, there's a difference. He gave his life. They didn't take it. He gave it. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that that verse helps us to understand there's a, there's a huge difference in what happened here uh, versus everybody else that faced the same fate. You know, for most of them, it was a struggle. They, they held on, as you know, naturally. It's kind of within us to hold on as long as we can. That's, that's kind of built within us for whatever reason. God, God knew what he was doing. But, um, 
And I think that's what these people went through. They hung on as long as they could. But that wasn't the case with Jesus. He gave up and gave up the ghost. And, and so it wasn't them taking his life. It was him giving his life. And, and so it was completely different. Scripture says, without the shedding of blood is no remission of sins. Um, and so, you know, as we talked about this morning in, in, in some of the previous Sunday school lessons, you know, um, Jesus, the covenant that he brought with him was so much better. But he was the one sacrifice that made it, that made all the difference. It wasn't like... Uh, an animal here and an animal there, but he was the one eternal sacrifice for the sin of mankind. <clears throat> and I, th I think as he as he was uh, there that day, he, he hung there on the cross. You know, he, he faced. I think he still faced some ridicule there. Uh, you know, there was the the statement. Uh, he saved others himself he cannot save. He, you know, just do one more miracle. Show us that you really are God kind of a thing. Um, and, but he, he didn't yield to them. Uh, he didn't yield to, to that challenge, so to speak. And it was because of us. We were the reason he stayed there. It wasn't because he was forced to other than he knew it was God's will. But he knew that... Yes, mankind needed redemption. And so he was willing to provide that, um, um, the shedding of his blood there that day uh, for us. That's why he stayed there. <clears throat> and so what does the cross do for us? And... As I thought about, as I thought about um, the thought, so so what really does the cross do for us um, as men? <clears throat> well, I don't know that I necessarily have the thoughts that I have in in an order of importance or anything, or how they might play out. I'm not sure, but um, I think one of the things we can see is we have a need. A, a, and, and so that's one of the first things that it does for us is, is it is there for our needs. And, and I think that's uh, maybe um, we all find ourselves there, whether, you know, more than once we, we find ourselves there where we have a need. And that is one of the reasons for the blood and for the cross is because we have a need. In Romans chapter 6, the last couple of verses, it says, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. <clears throat> Well, here we have in, in some of the verses prior to that, it talks about being the servant of sin. You know, a servant is, is someone who is 
in a position uh, now with slave, he was he he had no choice in the matter. He was a slave. He couldn't he couldn't help himself. He couldn't he couldn't change his circumstances by himself. <clears throat> you know, a servant is, of sin is also someone who can't change his circumstances on his own. Um, but he is a slave to that, to his flesh. He's a slave to, to what he wants to do. Um, and so Christ, the shedding of his blood there on the cross, it was there because we have a need. And it is his blood that sets us free. And it was shed there on the cross that day. You know, when... Sometimes in life we find ourselves in a position where, where we deny Christ in some way. Uh, we have all done it. You know, as, as believers, uh, something comes up and maybe we're ashamed to believe, say we're a Christian or whatever the case. It, it can play out in other ways as well. You know, that denial, I think, brings pain to, to, um, to our Lord. Um, you know, these people uh, that crucified him there that day, they brought physical pain to him as well, as well as the fact of their denying him, I think, was also painful to him. And it is just as painful to him today if we deny him uh, in some way. Um, and so, you know, the needs that arise in our lives, that's why the blood was shed. That's why the cross was there. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And so it changes. When, 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 when there's a need, when we see our need, it changes um, our outlook. Now, and that, that is a, in many ways, it's a growing experience. It's not a one-and-done deal. Um, but as we see Areas in which Christ, is, God, is trying to refine us. The Word speaks to us. And, and so all of a sudden, there it is. And it stares us in the face, and it's like God saying, okay, this is an area I want you to change. I want you to be different here. I want you to be more like me. And, and so the blood is there to cleanse us, to set us free from whatever has, has uh, come and maybe bound us uh, or what God reveals to us. Um, and so, so we can find all things to be made new because of the blood that was shed. <clears throat> it also means a sacrifice. You know, Jesus was a sacrifice that day. Um, and for us, it also, means, it also means there is a sacrifice that our flesh has to make. Um, you know, as I, as I thought about, well, what, what does a sacrifice look like for us? And it can be different things for different people, I think. Um, but <clears throat> it does say, Romans 8, uh, verse 13, he says, For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. So, so that's a yeah, pretty straightforward statement there. Um, but if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So, mortify the Spirit. That means death to, uh, or mortify the deeds of the body. If I get it said right here. Um, <clears throat> through the Spirit. 
And so maybe that means that some, somewhere that means I have to die. Die to self, die to my own desires. Um, you know, I look at, I look at uh, the things that are transpiring in town um, the last couple of days and the weeks, the next week, you know, there's a lot of pride and pomp and self-will. Uh, it's, it's all out there of how good I can do this or do that. Um, and so, um, do we need to die? Is the pride in our hearts? Um, what's there? You know, we, there's, there's things that can be in our hearts that not everybody else can see. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, in the meaning of the sacrifice, uh, as we look at the cross, you know, Christ gave his life uh, for us. It means death to some of my, to my old desires, to my old way of life, to the things that I, my flesh likes to do. And it is a change of mind, a change of the way I live. And, uh, and my outlook in life changes. Um, and, and maybe in, in, in some other ways, you know, uh, I think another thing that, that changes with that is, is how we look at God's word. You know, we can look at God's word as something that we just, well, we can just so randomly lay it aside and not pay any attention to it, or it can suddenly be important to us. Um, <clears throat> I, heard a, I heard someone say one time uh, that was involved in a Bible study and, and, uh, with, the, with a group, and, and over and over the statement was made, you need to get into the word, and finally somebody says, well, why do you always make that statement? He said, it's because you have to get into the word. Well, that's how you know God. You're not going to know him some other way uh, if you just passively, randomly read God's word once a week or whatever. But you have to get into it. Uh, it has to become life to you. <clears throat> it brings new life with it. <clears throat> Some more verses in Romans 8. Starting in verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be... The, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And so the question is, am I dead to sin? Has the Spirit of God changed me from within? He says the carnal mind's enmity against God. So, so our, our, our carnal way of thinking is an enemy to God. God, God and our, our flesh, uh, they, they don't mix. 
He says in verse 8, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's a pretty clear statement. The flesh is not going to do that which pleases God. It just isn't going to happen. Um, we might reform ourselves for a day or two, but the long-term effect comes from the Spirit of God. But in talking to believers, in the next verse, he says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And, and I trust that's where we find ourselves. If we find ourselves in the Spirit. If the Spirit of God dwell in you. So there's the challenge again. If the Spirit of God, he's saying, he's not saying it's in He's the Spirit dwells in everybody, or that it's forced on you, he's saying if. And, and so that word is bringing to us a choice. <clears throat> Am I going to allow the Spirit of God to rule in my heart? In the next verse, he says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead. And so, there's, there's death again uh, coming into the picture because of sin. But the Spirit of life is because of righteousness. You know, he wants to change us. You know, a, a transformation comes from within. It doesn't come from the outside. It's not, it's not something I can force on you or you force on me. But it comes from within us. It changes us from the inside out. The question is, he's asking here, are you dead to sin? I'm just kind of putting this in my own words. <clears throat> has there been a transformation in the way you think, the way you live, your outlook in life? Um, do you find your hope in him? Has he brought new life and taken the old life and it's, it's done away with? In Christ. <clears throat> well, he also brings peace and hope. Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1:20, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in earth. Titus 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 3, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. And so... The blood that was shed on the cross that day brings into our hearts peace. The believer finds peace there um, because he's availed himself of the blood and has allowed the blood to change his life, to change his outlook, to change the way he thinks and feels about things. <clears throat> and he's focused on his hope. You know, the hope that is within us, that's, that's, that's awesome. 
it's a hope that the world doesn't have. People out there would like to have hope. It's, it's like, how can I have hope? It's in their hearts, but it's not there. Um, but for the believer who has allowed the blood of Jesus to change him, to cleanse him from his old ways, and to make him a new man, there's hope and there's peace. And, and it's just, it can only come from God's spirit. It can never come from our own making. It can never come from, what, from my way of doing something uh, or how I think about things. Um, but it comes, it comes from, from uh, the spirit of God. And he's the one that changes us and brings peace and hope. In First Corinthians six, verse twenty. Well, let's back up. Let's read verse nineteen too. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're bought with a price. Jesus paid a price that day. And it was a, it was as far as as far as God was concerned, there was nothing else that could atone for the sin of mankind. But Jesus' sacrifice that day was was satisfying to God for the sins of all mankind. But he says here, "You're bought with a price." I think he's telling us God paid a price for our redemption. And, and so the life that we find in Christ, it didn't come cheap. And it's not cheap to us as far as our flesh is concerned. You know, we're in the middle of a fight, so to speak. Most of us could probably look at our life and say, yeah, I've already got it. Maybe you, maybe you haven't been a believer that long. But I, I'm, I'll tell you, you probably already have scars. Uh, you know, it is, it is a fight for our souls. And you know, we have an enemy that is relentless. And we leave this life with scars. We leave this life uh, affected by the things around us. Um, but it is the blood of Jesus that has made that difference. We're bought with a price. And he was willing to pay that price. <clears throat> for us. <clears throat> you know, we can, we can go through life. We can deny him. He's not going to force himself on me. I can choose. I can choose today. I can choose tomorrow. Paul said I die daily. He said I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus so there were spiritual scars in his life, probably some physical scars too, um, that maybe we haven't faced yet. 
but could very well face in the not too distant future. <clears throat> but the spiritual scars are there. In, you know, we all look at life and we can see those times in our lives when we denied Christ for some reason or weren't willing to stand up for what we knew was right or what we knew God wanted from us, uh, whatever that looks like. And so we leave that battle, so to speak, with that scar. Um, and sometimes it reminds us that, oh yeah, we've been in this battle before and we ended up with a scar because we lost, but you know, we find our way back through the blood of Jesus uh, because there is forgiveness there, there's hope there, there's peace, and it, it brings to us uh, a new way of life. And so <clears throat> as, we, as we face an enemy again this week, but we will face him, don't worry, He'll, he's gonna be out there. Um, if you're not facing the battle, maybe you need to look at your heart and see why you're not facing the battle because the battle is real for the believer. Um, if we're just coasting along, um, maybe there's a reason we're coasting along and we're not seeing the battle that's out there. <clears throat> or at least we're not putting up a fight against it. Um, you know, we can make that choice too, where we just simply don't put a fight up against it and we just, we just let it play out. Um, you know, we've all been down that road where we just kind of, well, we'll just let this thing play out, see what happens, and we, and we lose the battle. Um, but there is, there is a better way, and, uh, and that way comes through the blood of Jesus. And so we are his temple, and we've been bought with a price. God paid everything for our redemption to bring us hope, to bring us peace, to bring new life and a better way of life than what the world has to offer us. And so let's find the blood of Jesus uh, precious to us. It is there for us and, uh, and it is shed for us. You know, the cross took the life of the man that brings life. And so he's, he's there, he brings life and he wants to give us life. So God bless each of you this week and uh, look to him. Let's find our strength in him.